Welcome to Half a Cinch. This is a music appreciation podcast where we talk about albums from 1972. My name is Mike. His name is JR. Hello. And on bass guitar, Cody, <laughs> the gray wizard, Gandalf. <laughs> Every time. That's what Every the bank time? ladies do. Oh, yeah. They call, it, they call you the Gandalf the wizard? Yeah, there's one in particular. Every time I see your name, it reminds me of uh, Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can what are you call gonna me, do? You can call me the bank lady then. Um, okay, bank lady. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, that's uh, a good shirt, by the way, too. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, for the for the people who can't uh, see what I'm wearing, they're just going to have to guess what what shirt I'm wearing right now. So, hey, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. And I'm uh, shirtless. Take some colors. <laughs> and uh thanks to cody for being on the show with us again it's always thank a you pleasure guys. to have you that we are talking about a band and an album that probably very few people have heard of unless unless you're real into obscure music if you're you're a deep cuts kind of guy uh this band is called Redbone, and the album is called already here um, Cody, had you ever heard of Redbone before I told you about them? Uh, not by their name, you know. I know, uh, Come and Get Your Love. That's right. That's down. their big hit. Yeah. Their big one. Yeah. Which wasn't on this record. Nope. Uh, it was on their ne- uh, earlier one. Next one? No, it's, it's later. Know. 1975. Later. So that came later in their okay. career. It was kind of their, like, their last big hit before they were kind of, I don't know, done with trying to be mainstream they got you know Mm -hmm. they got one out there and uh yeah come get your love it it kind of got like a resurgence with the guardians of the galaxy soundtrack because that's one of the songs Mm -hmm. on that soundtrack Mm -hmm. um but yeah jr you ever heard of redbone before i I haven't that's why i love this podcast this is an exact example of why i like doing this podcast because what a story behind this band what a band um to have never heard of um, so thank you for, for picking this one and, and go, letting me go down this total rabbit hole of a band, like, um, dorkiness all around. Like you said, they, they had some hits there. I, I think they're much more influential than people probably realize. Um, but yeah, very, very talented band quite enjoyed the album. I, I heard about, I, I knew the song, come get your love. And I, maybe I knew who played it, but I think it, it, it hit me during an episode of Reservation Dogs. Mm. If you ever seen that show, watch a show. It's, it's fucking great. Uh, and they bring up Redbone in an episode of that show. And that is because Redbone is one of the only Native American bands to ever like hit mainstream, to ever come out of that era. And uh, yeah, formed by two brothers. Mm-hmm. Lolly and let me get the other guys. Lolly and Pat, yeah. Lolly and Pat can. Oh, Candido was Lolly's real name, but he, he goes by Lolly. Vasquez Vegas. Um, yeah, and they're from California. Uh, they're of Yaki and Shoshone. Is it Shoshone? Is that how you pronounce that? Does it start uh, with a ch? Shoshone. Shoshone. Okay. See, I didn't know if the E was, if you pronounce the E or not. Yeah. 
and uh yeah of mexican heritage mm-hmm. and they basically before they became a band they wrote a lot of stuff and played with tina turner sonny and Cher, james brown little richard elvis they were just kind of like uh, you know songwriters they're part of the songwriter guild that that helped out here and there with somebody needed a session guy or needed someone to punch up a verse um and they had been doing that for a, a long time before they you know they finally started their own band and um yeah i forget who it was that gave them the inspiration to do that uh someone said like hey just go out and start your own band and you know and make it make it a native band like find find you know players and and they and they did they found a, a a drummer and a bass player uh tony bellamy was there uh uh did some guitar work and he uh yeah he was also a yaqui and mexican he had sweet yeah, facial that, hair oh yeah <laughs> yes yes indeed gorgeous uh, uh that was a, that was Jimi Hendrix, by the way, that inspired them to start their own. Band. Yes, that's right, Jimmy. I I didn't I didn't write that down, but yeah, thanks. That's for pretty that. rad, pretty radical. Because yeah. Jim Jimmy's himself part Cherokee, I'm seeing here, so that's pretty freaking mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, yeah, and Peter and, Depoe was their uh, original drummer, um, and he's a he was a Cheyenne, Turtle Mountain, Chippewa, and Rogue River. So. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess it Pretty wasn't amazing. Just, yeah, yeah, it wasn't just two brothers who who shared Native American ancestry. They went out and they they found other guy. They like wanted to make it a mm-hmm. real thing. They just go out and find some like typical white dudes. And you know, like, even though it was California in the late '60s, that still must have been really hard for them as far as trying to get off the ground. Uh, mm. I know that they were probably recognized by other artists, you know, which is why they, you know, got uh, those songwriting opportunities. But I mean, can you imagine, you know, just dealing with, you know, booking gigs and, you know, being all native in the late 60s? It's not yeah. going to be as easy as, you know, right. you're the fucking, you know, Beach Boys. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. No, yeah. I appreciate that they got a Native American band, but they're also good. You know, they didn't just phone it in on your Native American, you're in. The the rest yeah, of the yeah. band that they found is they're very talented. Oh, they're all yeah, super duper talented. It gives me kind of Omar Cedric vibes. I know that they aren't brothers, but you know, the whole just mm-hmm. the two guys kind of leading the band with the Mexican heritage and all that kind of reminds me of them a little bit for sure. And it's so funny that they kind of tied them into like oh, the Cajun swamp rock. Yeah. Yes. You know, they they Louisiana really are Texas sort of thing when, you know, they were from California. I guess mm-hmm. they just kind of gravitated towards that. Yeah, they really liked the sound. Cajun rock sound and mm-hmm. their their name Redbone is even a, a Cajun term meaning someone of of mixed blood, you know, or mixed mm-hmm. heritage. And uh, it's yeah, it's kind of it, it kind of parallels Credence a little bit, right? Here's some guys from Berkeley, California who loved singing songs about the bayou. So it's like, here's some guys from California <laughs> who love singing songs about Louisiana as well. Or not necessarily about Louisiana, but just the style. Like they just, they loved that style. And yeah, I mean, that was that was like a huge style then, you know, that it, 
it was uh, it was fun to play. And I'm sure it, you know, it was it was more fun to play than, like you said, like like playing Beach Boys or sort of like surf rock at the time, which would, which would be typical of guys from California. They'd be like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, they're, they're everyone liberal, that I so, know, yeah. everyone that I know, myself included, you know, when you're kind of coming up and learning to play, it's like you don't want to fucking do what it is that's popular from where you are, you know, you yeah. tend to kind of like shit that's is totally foreign. Well, yeah. I love that oxymoronic thing of like, like CCR did, you know, where it's like it's supposed to sound southern and swampy, but yet it's anti war. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is very California, you know, which I love. I just love it's, that about it's it. very, it's very Berkeley of them. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, Redbone they they made it into the Native American Music Hall of Fame in two thousand eight. Um, they headlined the first ever Indigenous People's Day event in LA in twenty eighteen. So they were still they're still around, or I mean at least. Some of them are, and it's a legacy. Yeah. Um, Already here is the album we're talking about. That's it was their fourth record. Uh, so I mean, they're already they're already doing. That's shit. the other thing. I haven't taken the opportunity, and I will because I like this one so much to listen to the other records. Yeah. You know, but they put out like what five or six records in five or six years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Also, you know, writing for other artists, performing, and you know, so I mean, it was just such a constant for them that I think, you know, you can kind of have a different angle of, uh, you know, what's going to make it onto the record, you know, um, what are you just going to be like, uh, you know, maybe that one's not quite ready yet, we'll just hold off, you know, till the next record for it, you know, so when you when you have that situation like as a musician and you know you're going to be making more and more records over the next few years as long as you know nothing happens within the band i think that you get to kind of take a different approach yeah to to the record yeah yeah and i and i that and so with that being said i think that this one you know they got to put so much boogie on it mm. and mm -hmm. just kind of like really uh kind of just show off their uh their skills as musicians rather than maybe putting you know all the focus into like songwriting yeah Even though and, i think these songs are great but and like i hadn't i haven't heard much of the other stuff either but i'm willing to bet that the the title track on this album which turns into a very long and just uh free association sort of jam is is something they they had been wanting to do for a while but it took until the fourth record to finally like like oh we have the confidence now to put something like this on a record mm -hmm. yeah it's uh, a cool song too yeah it is um but yeah like uh we cut we we did the uh the personnel we ran down the personnel already but um oh the other thing is uh yeah a guy named arturo perez uh, he only plays on this record. So their Peter, their their original drummer, he left right before this one. So Arturo came in, played only on this record, and then they then he left too, and they got someone else like later. So it kind of sucks that this is the first record where it isn't the original lineup. But you know that's that's what happens when you just pick a specific year to jump into a band. <laughs> 
maybe you're you're gonna you're gonna end up getting uh the new guy on drums. Um yeah, uh who else is oh yeah, they a guy they had a guy named Red Rhodes as a guest musician on this. He played the steel pedal. The coolest on, name ever. Yeah. Uh he's known for working with the ventures on you know, talking about surf rock, and he was a part of the wrecking crew. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you don't know who the Wrecking Crew is, there's a great documentary out there about them, session players, um, legends, all of them. And then they got a guy named uh, Terry Furlong. He played the slide guitar. And a guy named uh, Gordon DeWitty played some piano on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll just jump into the, the very first song, which is like we're talking about, they want to be Cajun rock. So they're like, they're like right out, right out of the gate on this album. They're like, this is this is who we're Cajun rock, and the song's called Fidu. Mm-hmm. Fidu is a it's a, actually the the Cajun term is Fidu do, and it's just a it's a dance that was invented down there in the swamplands, and that's what this song is all about. It's just it's just a boogie song. It's just all about dancing. I got a funny story about this song. <clears throat> so I usually listen to these records. <clears throat> by myself excuse me take notes things like that i usually don't listen to them in the car around my kids anything like that for some reason i was coming back from my parents house and i put on this record to listen to it and the kids were in the car and this song comes on and it's fado 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 and my kids start singing play-doh 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 and i will never be able to hear the song the same again i'll tell you because even my wife joined in i turned the song off and for the rest of the ride home they were all still play-doh play-doh that's good love the tribal sounding drums at the beginning you know it's a big f you to bands later that culturally appropriated that like the eagles and stuff like that there's no doubt in my mind the eagles were a huge fan of redbone yeah. I mean, al- already here, the Eagles wrote a song two years later called Already Gone. You know, so, I mean, it's just <laughs> the ballads are so, and it, it makes sense. It's L.A., right? That's where the Eagles were at the time. They were playing at the Troubadour all the time as as studio guys. They probably knew these guys, you know, so that, made, that oh, makes yeah, a lot of sense. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, yeah. But honestly, the first song reminded me a lot of, like, old Zappa and the Mothers or the Turtles, like, just kind of, like, older upbeat like you said boogie music that was you know that first early rock and roll people Mm -hmm. called it you know um not what i was expecting once it kicked in i was like whoa this is not what i thought this was going to be so and a a cool juxtaposition between the two parts really the song is really just kind of two parts the verse and the chorus and the the verse being sort of like uh this kind of like low low gravelly vocals and then the chorus kicks in and it's all these like it's all these like high harmonies and and it's it's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, it kind of remind me of Bee Gees a little bit. Yeah, Bee Gees uh, is on here for me. I got them on another song too. And it's just the this cool like chord progression in the chorus that um, just kind of I don't know. It, it really when it kicks in, it it is it really is a feel good song. And uh, yeah, I liked it. It's it a great opener. But it you know, like, like we talked about, like Cajun rock. They want to be Cajun rock. So here's. Here's a song about, you know, the Fado. Yeah, I hope they don't complain about being classified that way because they're really like shooting themselves in the foot by starting the record that <laughs> <Yeah>. way. <laughs> um, and this one was uh, written by both the brothers, too. So there, there's, a, there's a lot of like um, like songwriting credits that are kind of like back and forth in this one. Uh, track two, very cool in motivation. 
Um, this one is just all about being a band on the road, which uh, comes up a lot in most bands' careers, like singing about what you know and what we know is, is grinding it out. And you got you to gotta just have that motivation to keep going. It's got that hard boogie, too, like especially in the chorus. Um, mm. It kind of reminds me of like Yes or the, uh, the band Spirit um, that just totally, totally is like has that proggy sort of boogie, you know, just real like uh, the, the tone of the bass guitar, um, the drum patterns. It, I don't, it just really kind of reminded me of, of Yes. Yeah, it's very short and tight with some good horns. I wrote down Creedence oh the horns, Clear, yeah, yeah. I wrote down yeah. Creedence Clearwater Doobie Brothers. <laughs> that's what it reminded me of. Kind of a mix of both of them together. But yeah, the horns are really good on. It. And again, I did not expect horns to show up on the second song, so that was really cool. Yeah, and uh, again, we we've we've uh, seen this many times for another records. Um, poor horn players. They they come in. They someone cuts them a check. And they don't get any credit on an album. Yeah, no one knows their name. But well, they uh, should have thought yeah. of that before they picked up a trumpet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only yeah. thing, the only thing yeah. I could find was like the, oh, the only thing I could find was uh, the Elijah Horn section played brass. But you know, oh, okay. was this all recorded yeah. at the same studio? Oh man, uh, that's something I usually take note of, and this time I did not. There's just not a lot of info on that on that on the record where it was done, and I think they might have self-produced it because there's just not a lot of that information. Yeah, yeah. But the yeah, songs the, are just so different; it makes you feel like you know it could have just mm-hmm. kind of they picked pieces, done stuff here and there. And I mean, they're an LA band. That's pretty pretty. It could be that they recorded a bunch of different places at a bunch of different times. And as yeah. songwriter, as a band full of songwriters, they they can shell this stuff without emotion. You know, some of these songs may be years old, you know. Yeah. 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 Good. No, nothing really. Not a lot of info out there about where they recorded it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, track three. I like I like bands that will wait until track three to to hit you with their ballad. You know, it's usually sometimes they're like, oh, we'll write in track two. It's like, oh, no, like, let's let's keep the jam going for the first couple of songs. And then track three, then it's like, oh, OK, here's uh Here's the sad one. Uh, power power mm-hmm. in parentheses, prelude to a means. Though so it's it already has a very it's got sort of like a pretentious title to it, even. Yeah, very prog. Um, but yeah, this one is this one was written by Pat. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of the song is just about like yeah, a, a guy guy wants to be with the woman, but she laughs him off and she wants to be with somebody else and so he's basically just telling this other guy he was like oh yeah i hope you guys are happy i don't know if it's like sarcastic or or what but uh but yeah it's basically i, I didn't just... think that it w- uh, was sarcastic no no i'm sure it wasn't i i appreciate what i was saying this one lyrically uh i, I just kind of always like that like the second place you know or not even second place it's like man, I wish I, I could have done this or had this or this person or whatever. But, you know, um, I just think that to me, this one speaks a little more to me than sometimes, you know, boogie woogie stuff where you're just kind of dropping lines because they just kind of in nicely. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and I I just I think it's good. Yeah, a little ballad, too. 
Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. And yeah, you're right. Like with the with the boogie woogie songs, you're right. Like sometimes, like someone's just like, "Oh, we need a third line," it, it, even if it doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know, just throw something in there. But this one, yeah, mm-hmm. you take you, you take your time. There's emotion to it. Yeah, it's like it's this guy is like, I I want I want you to be happy, even though if if that means it's not happy with me. So yeah, I got like a little old Motown mixed with some Bee Gees ballad and even some Burt Bacharach I heard in this one. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's very soulful. It's soulful. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then the fourth uh, track four, this is Lolly gets his turn to do sort of like a little ballad, but it's more, it's not really bad. It's more like, um, it's kind of like a honky it's a country tonk. song. Yeah. It's a yeah. country song. Speak easy. Yeah, um, red, great, red, great red title. Roads. Yeah, it is good once you kind of look at the lyrics a little bit and yeah, this one that the pedal steel shows up on is just sounds fucking great. I like that song a lot. Yeah. Is it pedal steel can, can take a song from being like, you know, borderline country. And then you add the steel and you're like, okay, now you got yourself the country song. And I think that the slide, uh, I think Terry yeah. played slide on it too. So there's both. So they yeah. you can, you kind of <laughs> can't tell where the steel and the slide are sometimes, which is really neat. This one reminded me of Sam Cooke for some reason. And of course, dude, the Eagles rip this sound off big time. <laughs> Fucking Eagles. Yeah. They ripped it. Like this, this year, I, I wrote, you're welcome to the Eagles ballads for this one. So. <laughs> Yeah, it uh yeah, good lyrics on this one. Um I it wasn't that... totally where where did it take you guys to my to me and in my mind, you know, it just makes me like I, I went to like addiction, you know. Um uh, yeah. And yeah, I think it, it was more self-reflective rather than uh Yeah, yeah, I get you. I mean it's it's kind of, it's a lot about like prejudice too, where it's just like because he says four young men, three red and brown, in the belly of a great white bird. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm guessing it's you know, they're on a plane, and you know they're the only they're the only guys of color, they're only people of color on this plane, and they you know they they feel they feel the looks, they feel the judgment a little bit, and they're just trying to say like you know speak easy, you know mm-hmm. just just speak easy as being like go easy, you know or you know so so far away from home. Well, I was going to say, I, I get military from it, too. Like, maybe they were in the military at the time together. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, murmur, Yeah. murmurings in foreign tongue when they thought I couldn't understand, smiling through their fear for real. Right. See, it just seems to me like Vietnam. I don't know why. There's something about the lyrics that reminded me of that. Yeah, and, and that very well, I mean, that the whole, the theme of, like, prejudice plays into that, too, because... You know, so many of those guys, like they went and they they fought like everyone else, and they're still treated like shit. You By know? their own side, yeah, which yeah, is be- fuck, fucked, but yeah, you know, because they I wouldn't... love that. I love that he mentions like red brown together like several yeah. times throughout the record. That's that's great. You know, mm-hmm. red brown is nigh, and black's not okay or whatever. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just kind of. It hits home a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's the the first couple like lines of this real good. Night gave way and darkness fell on the rivers of the man in white. Love benign from place to place to the rhythm of the train in hell. Yeah, I um, 
Dude, those, are good. those are great lyrics. <laughs> yeah, that's what that it was that verse in particular that was making me think of like kind of an, an addiction, you know, a train mm-hmm. in hell, like on a nonstop thing. Man yeah. in white, you know, mm-hmm. could be. Yeah, the, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of good like interpretation going on in that song. It's highly uh, influential, just that whole country rock kind of thing. I mean, just so and even nowadays, so big. Um, yeah, and then moving on, then we get Boogie in again with Condition Your Condition. And when I first saw that title, I, I I thought maybe it was a cover of the song that we know, that everyone knows. But Your Condition think, was in, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that, that one has like a different title, but like it, it just... They probably stole it from these guys too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this one, this one is a good one that's just all about like it's just like good it's like an advice song mm-hmm. basically like you know get your shit together um you know your family's heart is broken still you criticize you put your trust in no one and no one can trust you yeah. i've got to let you know my friend what it is what it is and use it brother yeah. don't abuse it and it's yeah like, like take control of your your um what's happening to you you know whether you're being prejudiced or whether whatever it is just hardship of being in la if you were from the vietnam whatever it is like take or that just con- privilege yeah just take that condition and condition it yourself make it what you can make of it which i thought was kind of the cool moral of the whole thing which is yeah it, no you're right it, it's it's basically like it's it's advice to like yeah, to to see through to see through some of the bullshit. Even the lines in here, you're you're up to your neck in power and full of bullshit jive. Your friends <laughs> inflate your ego completely out of sight. Yeah, it's it's almost like a, it's kind of like maybe even like they see this a lot in in L.A. Obviously, you know, guys that are just that that just kind of get full of themselves and uh, and it's you know going down the wrong path. But yeah, it's a good song. Yeah. I think we all know those people where you just start taking pity. Uh, well, reminds me of Detroit. This one kind of reminds me of Detroit. I wrote Amboy Dukes even, which is crazy. There's just something about the boogie of this one that reminded me of them, <laughs> which is very uh, funny. It's but. got a really cool, like, uh, that guitar uh, kind of clickety-clackety, jivey, wah-pedally, mm-hmm. single mm-hmm. note runs that are just really you know prominent and and funk and and stuff yeah i really like the guitar stuff even though it's not like guitar music per se but yeah yeah and i mean speaking of guitar playing i don't know if you guys saw this but wally uh he used to play through what's called a leslie rotating speaker oh yeah so it was so it wasn't quite like an you know a traditional amplifier. It was it was more like a hybrid of an amplifier and a loudspeaker. And it's got Those a speaker a speaker in inside that spins organs. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we use one on "Come to Terms." Pl- oh, plug great. the record. Plug the record. Arctic Char. The last song uh, we used a real Leslie. It was very. Oh, you cool. did? Yeah, at Rich's studio, he had a real Leslie. Um, and it's very cool. You could, he opened it up and you could see the little speaker spinning around. It's very, very, very mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I don't know if that really came through in the mix, you know, that that's the kind of like, you know, amp that he used, but I, don't know, I, I didn't just notice kinda, that. I yeah. Didn't, but that's cool. 
Uh, yeah, so that's the end of the side, a good good way to end that side. And then uh, you flip it over, and it starts off with, where is your heart? This one's by Lolly. Um, yeah, Lolly, this one, write, Lolly writes the – no, I guess Pat wrote the other um, ballad, huh? So yeah, this is Pat, Lolly's ballad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this one is um, yeah, just about uh, loyalty, no loyalty. Uh, yeah, friendly is cold. Where is your heart? And this is the one, Cody, where he, the line "red brown is nay, black's yeah. just o- black's just okay." Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just it's it's a thing where yeah, you're, they're and there's like a a mirror reference too. Like when I kind of read through those lyrics, I was you know, it's it's easy to write not even knowingly doing it i'm sure you've done this you know where it's like uh maybe by the time that you're done writing you realize that it's all about you kind of you know like to me it was like a little bit more self-reflective yeah yeah when he asked the question yeah he's asking the question where is your heart where you know he's kind of asked that about himself as well yeah but not not in a way as like where is your compassion more like you know i don't know where's where's my confidence um the horns are great i would would love a get would have loved a guitar solo on this ballad but that's there's right. no solos yeah i know yeah. surprising <laughs> not, not until you get to the 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 fucking craziness at the end yeah yeah oh uh, yeah um and then uh, i mean open up side b with the ballad um yeah, you, I mean, that's fine. But I think uh, opening up side B with the next song, Good Enough for Jesus, might have been a bit more fun. <laughs> but uh, it's a Good Enough for Jesus is the next one. And um, yeah, who wrote that? Oh, Pat wrote this one. And yeah, it's basically the song is just what it's all about. Like, I got long hair and so did Jesus. So if you're putting me down, you're putting Jesus down. <laughs> that's what it's all. It's really just about long hair. I I think I I think it's really an important song um, on this record. I think it's like equally as important almost as uh, um, "Wounded Knee." Yeah. Uh, you know, I think like uh, without "Wounded Knee," maybe we wouldn't have gotten this particular song on the record. Um, huh? And I just I think that it's cool because it's just like, hey, we're all one. You know. Yeah. And maybe this isn't even, you know, maybe I'm not, even, maybe Jesus isn't even my thing, but you know, I mean, if it's good enough, you know, yeah, then it's good enough. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's not, it's not even a religious song. It's just, it's just pointing out, pointing out, uh, you know, kind of a hypocrisy. If someone is saying that, like, I don't, I don't like the way you look. It's like, well, I mean, are you know, do you consider yourself a Christian? Do you, you love Jesus because I look like him. Yeah, the, that that line before you start looking down, look up your family yeah. tree. That's yes. fucking great. I was just about to point that out. That, yeah, thanks for bringing that. I that line's great. No, you've been related to long hairs just like me, and yeah, yeah and I I like the idea that like you've been related to long hairs as if like long hairs is not someone just with long hair. It's like a it's like a whole personality. It's like a whole way of life. Free yeah. spirit. Yeah. Uh-huh counterculture yeah it, it's a good one yeah yeah close your backup, eyes the backup vocals are great 
Yeah, close your eyes, give your heart a chance to see. Yeah, great backing vocals. Uh, they were all everyone in the band was helping out with that, which was which was really cool. Um, and then uh, yeah, Poison Ivy comes up next. Uh, this one's a cover song. Well, not a cover song, but not written by them. Written by a couple guys, Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. Uh, I think these guys were writing for Elvis as well as them. So it's just guys they probably knew. This song is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> this could yeah. very easily be a ZZ Top song. Yeah, I yeah. actually, re- I actually really freaking like this song. It's probably <laughs> my favorite one. I was a little bummed it was a cover when I saw that, or it wasn't written by them. But again, oh. as as they were songwriters um, first, I knew that if they picked a song from other songwriters, it's probably going to be pretty badass. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 very it's very bluesy um and it's it's the it's just like full of good wordplay and metaphor you know yeah totally poison ivy it's just yeah it's about a yeah it's about evil woman and poison ivy comes a creeping all around great movie you'll need you'll need an ocean (laughs) you'll need an ocean of calamine lotion (laughs) (laughs) you'll be scratching like a hound the minute you start to mess around yeah i mean there's a lot there's a lot in there like the the metaphor of it just being sort of like you know a poisonous woman but then also there's you know there's a lot of scds going around in the 70s yeah. as well you know you got to watch out for that shit yeah. a lot of poison uh, ivy in la yeah so i mean this one G, you know um good enough for jesus and this one back to back two good like fun songs yeah. one a little bit more meaningful than the other but Still just kind of, you know, just fun songs. Agreed. And then the the official last song on the LP is the title track, Already Here, parentheses, Brujo. Brujo is basically the only thing they say in the song. Mm-hmm. But this is, uh, what is this, a 10-minute, this is just a 10-minute jam where, it, you know, I mean, it's it starts off. Which they probably always called Brujo. Yeah. They just decided the you know they were going to call the album as the name of this song too because it didn't have that's the way i kind of see it you know like yeah probably yeah i wonder if they they wanted to call the word the album brujo and then they got they got snipped on that idea maybe you know maybe they were waiting around like trying to get this record done they're like hey we're already here bros you know (laughs) yeah I could um, see some. Yeah. I could see some uptight label exec square suits being like, "Brujo makes us nervous." <laughs> yeah, they must have had a hard time dealing with those guys. Yeah, I'm sure they. That's probably why they were songwriters instead of in a band for so long, because they're like seeing how these yeah. bands are getting screwed around and treated like puppets. Um. It. I mean, it starts out. It. It does have some like some stability, some formula. Uh, but then eventually it just kind of it starts to just like pull apart, like as if, you know, like the spaghettiification they talk about when mm-hmm. something enters a black hole, it just starts to just like get yeah. pulled apart in every direction. And that's kind of what I feel is, is eventually happens. To this song is just very jazzy, very free association, just like they like almost as if they, they had an idea going into the song and then they all knew that at some point we're just going to like go our separate directions in the song. And, and then that's what happens. And it's pretty cool. I will say, I think 
I think the sort of like the dissonance uh, overstays its welcome a little too long in the song. I would have liked to like come back to the formula like earlier. Yeah. Like that if they, opening lick, I mean, it, it's like you have to be so tight as a band to just pull up that. that yeah. Yes. Uh, For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's great because of the way the song goes and where it starts and where it goes are like two completely separate worlds, which is, I mean, it's kind of cool. I, I mean, uh, Brujo, if I'm not wrong, is um, I think that that means like it means like witch maybe or, or magic user or something like that. So it, it almost is sort of like the song is like magic, basically. It's just yeah. like it's chaos. sorcery. It's sorcery, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the official last song on the album. Uh, then they, when they released like the expanded version later on CD, they added a single that they wrote just as a completely separate single that never made it onto the album. Called See, we that's, all... that 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 kind of bums me out because I didn't know that. I thought that this was oh. on the original release. Yeah, I mean it. It, it fits. It, we we were all wounded at wounded knee, is, and it, it does fit. It, it it's it's a tenth song. It would it would round it out. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of a single that they wrote on its own, and and then later got added to this. So yeah, for the people who bought this original LP weren't they didn't get this song, but yeah, fortunately we do though, which which is great because, uh very important song um basically See, my mind just makes me like i feel like they wanted to put it on the original and then mm-hmm. for some reason you know someone was like no that can't go on there we're not going to release it you know mm-hmm. i'm telling you it's the suits that kept this <laughs> yeah song off. they're like we don't so want to we don't want to alienate people yeah i could just see him being like no I mean, the thing, I mean, even now I could see people being shitty about it. And this is way later. So 50 years uh, later. So, I mean, there's just not been a lot of bands. And that, that's, that's the yeah. real gospel on this record. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you ever want to like, look it up, there's, there's uh, performances of it up on YouTube. Um, but yeah, I think it was, yeah. I mean, it's a very, it's a very political song. Um, it really should, you know, it showed them as more than just musicians, but also activists. Um, and it has, and, you know, a traditional drum. Yeah. You know, which is what, if you're familiar with powwow uh, or native culture, a group of guys who play the drum, they're, they're what, instead of being like a group of dudes or a band or something, it's just called your drum, you know, and like that's in there. It's really uh prominent in the song and it's just just has a lot of traditional uh vibes which are cool when natives are doing it you know because there's lots of you know kind of obvious you know white man uh you know culture who do kind of traditional stuff and you can't really get away with doing that you know there's something that's sacred but right when when the homies are doing it it's it's great yeah. yeah. And it's not just like a song about like, you know, the history of Wounded Day. It's it's also a song about like, you know, where they are as a people today. Like, well, not today for them, 1972, because they, you know, there's there's the verse like 
you know, they made us promises and they broke their word. And then the next verse is like, now we make our promises. We won't break our word. You know, we'll sing mm-hmm. our, all, we're seeing our story to a, to a new generation, you know, a generation that we're not wiped out, you know, basically saying like, we're, you know, we're still here and we need to like, you know, we need to remind people, remind people. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, That's a powerful song. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, it does kind of suck that it, you know, the, the original buyers of this record didn't get it. Didn't get that yeah. song. <laughs> That's too bad. But um, yeah. Um, so that's it. Yeah, that's that's basically the album. The the expanded version also had like a a single version for Speakeasy. Uh, short, you know, making it a little shorter. And then they had a single version for Already Here, which I think is funny to release that song as a single. Yeah. I, my guess is that the single version. Um, basically fades out before it gets like too crazy to like the crazy he, part yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or it just doesn't have brujo in it i'm telling you i'm getting a real real <laughs> record labely feeling why because speakeasy is also in the same vein and they released it i want to hear the single version of that if they cut out some of the you know what i mean i i don't know i don't like mm-hmm. it I don't like it. <laughs> That's such a good song. You know, if I was, you know, I don't drink anymore, but if I was still drinking, you know, and I was on a bar stool crying, I could listen mm-hmm. to Speakeasy over yeah. and over and over. It's a good one. It is. Um, I really like this record, man. It was really good. Again, this is why I like doing this podcast because I get to learn about things like this. Um, cool story, cool backstory. Uh, cool career before they were a band cool career while they're a band and a crazy undeniable influence on so many bands that came after them especially you know anytime you have a big scene like an austin music scene la music scene chicago music scene there's always going to be bands that get left in the dust that did did and had influence on very important things um so i'm glad that i'm now attuned to you know the to um this group and what they did so Redbone was awesome a great first album to hear from them so yeah. a two thumbs uh, up for me it'd be I, great to read like a biography or something on this band you know by firsthand accounts you know I mean just so much you know gets lost I mean at least we have the music and stuff too but this is just like an interesting really interesting band to me because it wasn't just like you know a one-hit fucking wonder you know I mean they had yeah. seven eight albums you know and not that long of a period of time to release all those really yeah. pretty impressive yeah so pat pat vegas he's still out there um doing uh music uh, his son pj is also doing music with him which is cool um unfortunately uh tony uh he died in 2009 and lolly died in 2010 so, but Pat's Pat's still out there, and he's still keeping it alive. Awesome. Um, yeah. But that's it, man. Um, yeah, good good band, good record. Definitely need to check out more of this stuff. Um, yeah, that's it. Anything else? No. Yeah, we covered. Power, it. power to the red brown. Brujo. Red brown. <laughs> Brujo.
<laughs> Happy 50th birthday. <laughs> <laughs>